0: You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio, I'm your host Sean Rowley, and with me this week is a special guest, uh, David Lee, also known as the Passionate Paddler. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, uh, Sean, for having me here. Well, Derek is out and about, and you know, decided he would leave me high and dry with no one to, to talk to but myself, and uh, I figured, you know what, there's a chair that can be filled and you can fill it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for inviting me out. Uh, um, it's, you know,
1: I've loved sharing my experiences about uh, my canoe trips and, 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 and trying to inspire other people to get out. So what better way than to, to you know, have this opportunity to speak and, and share, share, you know, my passion.
0: Well, and that's what it's all about. I mean, that's why we're here is to get people out on the water and, and hear from the paddling community at large. And when you're talking about the passion, your moniker, the passionate paddler, Right. Where did that come from? <laughs> well,
1: actually, it's it's kind of funny because uh, years ago, um, you know, a friend asked me uh, to share my experiences uh, through a blog, and so prior to that, I was sharing my you know uh, you know small little concise write up and some pictures of my trips, and 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 so she saw this uh, opportunity that why don't you put it on a blog. Instead of trying to email to all these people, because what ended up happening was a lot more people were asking to be put on this email list.
0: Right. And, and I
1: got to the point that it actually would stop me from sending it because they thought it was a spammer. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so by having a blog, it was great because you could just put it up And anybody could access it. They could see it any time. Yeah. Exactly. And so I actually started out as the Red Helmet. And so (laughs) there's a story behind that, right? Um, So that's how I started out. But what ended up happening was, uh, luckily, uh, I think it was in 2007 um, or 2006, I ended up buying my first, I would call it my first real canoe. Right. Because my first canoe was actually uh, Coleman Ramex, which I got <laughs> as a gift. <laughs> so I got uh, um, Novacraft uh, Prospector, 16-foot Royal X Prospector. And, and so I was doing all these trips with it. And uh, so then I would share my experiences with Novacraft. And so in 2007, in the, in the, in the fall of 2007, I was contacted by uh, one of their um, marketing guys. Right. And he basically um, asked if I would like to be an ambassador And so, I mean, here I was, I was, you know, I was a big fan of Kevin, a big fan of, you know, Bill Mason and Hal Wilson. And, and, you know, all of a sudden to be asked as ambassador was kind of like, I I felt really out of place. I mean, I felt honored, but I felt like, wow, could I actually do something like this? Right. Right. And so I got asked to join and I I accepted. And um, so what they wanted was to give myself a name right? Uh, a moniker that people can easily kind of relate to. So, you know, Kevin Cal- Callan has his moniker, the Happy the Camper. Happy Camper. Um, what other ones are there? Uh, who else is there? Uh, Preston here. he has uh, Portage, Portage right. Yeah, yeah. right? So, everyone's got their, their little nickname, right? Um, that people can easily associate with. And you know what? My name, quite frankly, is quite dry and boring. <laughs> so, if you said David Lee the the canoeer well, it could be who knows like it could be yes. so many people right so this kind of gives you a unique angle and twist to it and so when Novacraft said hey you know think about a name you know that people could you know relate to to you and and that name would encapsulate what you are and what you represent right and that's how i came with the name the passionate paddler
0: and you didn't want to stick with the red helmet
1: you know the the red helmet is actually quite a unique and you know what there's a there's a there's a story i mean maybe that's a story i could share one day because it it is it's an incredible story but um the only part of red helmet was that it didn't you know it, it you know the first thing you if i said i was a red helmet the first thing you think of is an actual red helmet Right, yeah. So it, it, it really has no association to paddling or, or a canoe, right? Unless you saw my picture and it was, you know, me portaging, right? With a red canoe, can which, which then you kind of see, oh, he's calling his canoe a red helmet, helmet, right? And and it, there is a reason behind that. And like I said, we'll hope maybe one day we we'll, we can share that. Um, but so by, by having at least the passionate paddler, it does speak of my deep passion for canoeing. And, you know, sure, paddling could really be, you know, anything. It could be, you know, stand-up boarding. It could be kayaking, whatever. But at least it talks about me being on the water and using the paddle to, to you know, be out in the wilderness, right?
0: So. Right. And, yeah, and you are passionate about it. I've seen you you speak many times at different events. And um, we do notice that you paddle quite a bit. <laughs> and some of us wonder if you actually work for a living. <laughs> you got a, a sugar mama helping you out. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, you know,
1: it's kind of funny because, you know, I've, I've known Kevin Callan for quite a long time and, you know, I'm friends with him. And he kind of joked quite often with me and, and thought, you know, he, he would tell people I was a drug dealer. <laughs> and that was how I could get out and paddle and not work.
0: <laughs> well, like I say, when you're, you're gone and all these times and you're going, he's off again and he's going again. And where is he this week? Yeah, he mustn't work, or he's got an <laughs> awful lot of of time off. Yeah. So, well, I mean, for the
1: record, I do have a full time job, <laughs> and I and I and and it's legal. <laughs> I do pay taxes.
0: <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> yeah. So we, we let's talk about your trip logs. Um, sure. Facebook is a huge place where I see a lot of your stuff.
1: Yeah. Um. I so <clears throat> I did the blog, and you know. It worked. Um, you know, I would put a uh, you know, talk about, you know, either the gear reviews, I would talk about trips and whatnot. And, you know, it's when you're working with different companies. So, you know, I had the opportunity to not only be an ambassador for NovaCraft, but I ended up being sponsored by many different companies, things like um, Eureka, right. like the original Bug Shirt, Salus, different companies, right? And so, I mean, for them it's kind of obviously, you know, the bottom line, right? And and yep. they want exposure. And so they've always had been encouraging me to, to do more than a blog, be involved in social media because the blog is great. Like, I mean, you can put your content out there and people may comment and you can sometimes comment. Well, you know, you can comment back. But Facebook or 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 let's say like twitter you know it really puts you right out there right in in a huge community of people right and that's the thing about the blog even though i was getting some followers and whatnot um when i finally made that transition to facebook uh it was you know obviously it was a slow start because you know no one knows you and they're you know they're just thinking oh here's another guy that's you know talking about canoeing or whatever right but you know if you have good content and you and, and you you're dedicated to putting good content out you will get followers and right yeah and that's what ended up happening and I and I found that to be a much more effective uh, means of sharing my my trips and my 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 I like to say reviews or, or whatever experiences that related to canoeing and and through that not only did I <clears throat> reach many more um, many more people but there was a lot more interaction a lot more questions a lot more inquiries about even trips about gear and things like that and even to this day like you know i've you know i get questions about you know routes and and about what to do about this and that and stuff like that so i found it a lot more powerful in, in, in its reach and not only that i've also become good friends with a lot of other paddlers
0: Right, yeah, yeah, the thing with the with the Facebook thing, I mean, you can read a blog right, and maybe leave a comment or two, right, but with Facebook, you can leave a comment and questions right, and it signals you that somebody's hey commented on that, so you can go read it and, right. and answer them, and you can have a little dialogue right, that doesn't happen on a blog,
1: no, yeah.
0: you know uh, the one thing I do enjoy look at your pictures is when you post a picture or something and you actually put the writing, yeah. So It's it's sort of like a trip log, but it's right. not going through a whole yeah. trip. Log. It's like a mini what's happening in the scene, sort right. of thing, right? Yeah, I, re- I really enjoy seeing that and, and reading that so I can look at the picture and read what's on it and say, Oh, that's what's happening there, and yeah, that's you know, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I noticed you do a lot of white water, right? so um, but now and I also see that in the descriptions, you say, right. You know what, you do your your blogs or your, your your pictures, and you will right. put different parts. Right. You know, day one, day yeah. two, day three, and that that's that's cool. I like do I like reading that as well. Yeah. And yeah, so find the passionate paddler on Facebook for sure. Go check him out there, and just look at the pictures and and uh, read up what he's doing. And um, yeah, because you've been all over the place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say all over the place. I mean, I, I I try to get out to you know as many unique places as possible. I mean. Uh, just because I have the opportunities to get out often, and I and I realize that you know just Canada on its own, right? I mean, you know, we consider it as the the canoeing capital of the world, yeah. right? I mean, well, it is. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> the best place to uh, the canoe, right? But um, because there are so many places just in our country, period. Like, I could be tripping constantly, and, and I can go and see a different place and never cross the same area yeah. twice, right? And so, if I have the opportunity, why not take that?
0: Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Algonquin Park, and I've hit many of the same routes because I enjoyed them. But, right. you know what, if you have the chance to hit the French River, and then Wabakimi, and right. Woodland Caribou, and yeah. you know head up to uh, uh, James Bay, right. you know, stuff like Take it. Yeah. Go for it. And
1: you know what? And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not trying to be snobbish in terms of saying that, you know, I'll never cross this lake again. And I have like, you know, um Chinaguchi is a, is a quite popular place. I've yeah. been there three times, right? Um, so sometimes what I do incorporate is that if I go to the same area, I do a little side trip and go, let's say, different, different areas so that even though I'm cr- crossing some of the same area, I get to see some new areas as well. Right. Right. And- if you go at slightly different times of the year, right, then you get different experiences. Or let's say you camp on the west shore opposed to the east shore of this lake, right? You get a different view. You get a different, you get the sun opposed to, you know, not getting the sun um, in the evening, right? Or right. the sun in the morning opposed to not getting it, right? So, you know what? I Like I said, I'm not opposed to it. It's just that if I, if I have the opportunity, I will certainly try to do something different and, and new. But I certainly, there are so many beautiful places that I've crossed that, I would want to revisit and if I, and and, and if it permits, the time permits, then I will revisit it again. Right. Because. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You might as well. Oh yeah.
0: You know, and sometimes time is an issue, you know, you only got a day to go for a day trip or something. So you're going to hit something you've, you've enjoyed before. Exactly. Or, you know, and there's, there's a couple of spots where I'm driving up to Algonquin and I said, you know what, one day I've got to stop at this place. Right. And one day I'm going to just pull over the truck, take the canoe and go explore. Right. You know, and that that's like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Getting out there and it's, yeah. you know, yeah, you don't have to go no. 15 hours from home. No. You yeah. know, and I mean, we, we did a show earlier this season where we're talking about this summer paddling a bunch of local, right, local stuff. You yeah. Know? Oh, and because, you know,
1: trust me, I, I've been doing a lot more local, especially like in the, in the rivers that flow into Lake Ontario as right. spring runs. So white water runs and, and you know, uh, Before, I kind of, like, said, nah, I'm not interested, right? But now I've been doing... First of all, you know, you can get out earlier because it's further south in Ontario. Right. And secondly, I've been actually quite impressed some of the sceneries that I've saw in there, right? And then I thought, you know, if I was being dumb about it and, and miss this opportunity, I would have never got to see some of these spectacular areas. Right. 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 Sure. Yeah. You're going to see buildings and you're going to see some drainage lines and things like that. But you know what, overall, if you, you know, there's some great places where you get to see some nice scenery and, you know, I'm glad I got, you know, I've opened my,
0: my, my eyes to, to those opportunities as well as too. Yeah. Well on the East side of, of Toronto, I mean, you got like the Rouge river and you got right. Duffins Creek and you got, Wilmot and the Ganarask yep. and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, once you start getting away from Lake Ontario, right. I mean, you're right into into yeah. the green, yeah. you know, they're, you're in the trees, you're in the, you're seeing nature and stuff like that. Right. So you're not seeing as many buildings as, as you'd think. But exactly. I think some people get in their mind that if I'm going canoeing yeah. or kayaking or, or whatever, I got to go north and get up to the Muskoka's or, right. or whatever, it can't be near a city. <laughs> but they're missing out on, on a lot. Of, I mean, I got a, a canoe launch five minutes from my house. Nice. You know, I can get it right out in Lake Ontario or head up Duffins Creek and, okay. you know, do some stuff and, yeah. you know, hey, any day on the water, right? Yeah. So no, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and, you know, yeah, you can take advantage of going to those farther trips, which I know you have. And, yeah. Then you do. Um Is there any particular places that you've seen on a map and, you know, I've got to visit that one day. <laughs> And don't say all of Canada. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, wouldn't that be a, a, a lifelong career that I would you know could easily take without pay? Um, <clears throat> you know what? It is. It's a struggle. You know what? If if you know, I've read books, I've seen videos, I've you know you know heard accounts and things like that. I mean, you know, the resources are out there um, that literally like. <laughs> it's endless as to the beauty that's out there and, yeah. and the waterways that are out there. Right. I mean, Canada is basically like just a, a huge artery of, of, of waterways. Right. And so, um, you know, you know, I think a lot of us grew up with, you know, the Nahani being the, the big thing, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, um, got to go there, got to go there. But, you know, as I, you know, got more into canoeing and, and start to read about other routes and things like that, Um, it actually kind of fell down further uh, on my list of you know have to go there Uh, and and more and more I found that I've actually wanted to go to places where people haven't been or or less people have been Um, because you know what I think you know there the common places are, are well documented, well seen and well traveled. Right. Right. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, if you had the opportunity to go down the Nohani, I don't think anybody would say no, but if given the choice between, let's say, would I do something like, uh, what's the other, what's that river? Um, it's it's like I lost out top of my, there's the Williams river. So here's this example that this is one of the rivers that I've always wanted to do. Um, it's not as popular as, let, let's say, the Nahani, but it flows into, I believe, um, Lake Athabasca, right? Or is it Great, great slave, slave? Great Slave, yeah. And uh, it crosses, or it um, flows right between the biggest sand dune in North America. And so you got the boreal forest on one side, and you got these massive hundred-foot sand dunes on the other side. And to me, I don't know that that just really drew me in, right? And, and and that kind of stuff, like, you know, it, I mean, like I said, I would do the Nahani if given the choice. But if, if I was going to choose between the two, I think I would go on the Williams River.
0: You yeah, see, so that, and that's, I mean, uh, mine is the Thompson River okay. up on Banks Island. Okay. It's it's not a, a difficult river to battle. Right. But it's the scenery. It's Arctic, ton, uh, Arctic uh, desert sort right. of thing, Right. And the muskox, yep. you know, all that sort of stuff out there. And, and there's some history up there and whatnot. Right. And to me, that is, that's the place yeah. for me, right? That That's yeah. the one. And yeah, you, I, people look at me like, why would you go? There's nothing there. Yeah. Well, that's the point. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, and I think it, it all depends on the person, what they're looking for. Something just hits you right. So, yeah, so yeah like you say, I mean, people are going to say, ah, oh, Nahanni, sure. Yeah. But <laughs> if you got the choice of one or the other. Yeah. You're taking the other
1: yeah i I think like you you said it perfectly for some reason or or or, you know we're all different and there's certain things that resonate with each individual right yeah so like i said we could have 12 different paddlers here and and we ask them what they want to paddle they'll probably all have different
0: rivers yeah right Right? yeah it it all pertains to what they what they enjoy what they're looking for what Exactly. strikes
1: them right yeah exactly it could be a historical it could be like you said the barrenness of the 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 serene, um the the landscape yep. it could be the technical whitewater or it could be the challenge right so i think you know it all kind of we we all connect
0: with like we all love canoeing we all love the wilderness but we all connect in different ways right well speaking of the nahani let's take a quick break here and we come back all right we'll talk about the nahani okay you are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. And we're back. We're talking with David Lee, the passionate paddler. We've been talking about uh, why he loves his paddling so much. And we've mentioned places to go paddling, uh, places we, you know, everybody's got their wish list. And of course, the Nahani always comes up. David, you had a chance to paddle the little Nahani. Right. Um, Tell us about that whole experience because you weren't <laughs> supposed to go to begin with.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, <clears throat> so the. Opportunity came about um, last year when they opened a new park called Natsicho, um, which is located just above the South Nahanni um, National uh, Park Reserve, right? And so they wanted to give some exposure to this new park and, and what opportunities that, you know, when people come there, what can they do at this park? And the little Nahani was one of these rivers that you know, they wanted to make a um, like a brochure, right? It's like a trip uh, planner, right. right? And and this is what they would provide to people that are looking for, let's say, a canoe trip, right? And so they wanted to get someone with some. Um, so first of all, a photographer, because right. they they wanted someone who could take pictures and document the journey, right? They also wanted someone with some sp- social media presence so that they can share this with with their audience, right? And, uh, and then lastly, they needed some um, they needed some whitewater skills, obviously, because it, it was not a trip that it was like an easy flatwater trip. It was an actual technical trip. So you needed to know uh, how to paddle whitewater.
0: Now, this isn't a, a river that's been paddled a whole lot. No,
1: no. It's, uh, you know, it has been paddled. I mean, we weren't the first to paddle it, but the handful of people that have paddled it, um, there's just not a lot of information about it. Right. Right. Uh, in, in the first like trip report was back in like nineteen seventy two I believe, and and that was really one of the only trip reports that had a lot of information about it. But again, back in those days there was no GPS. There was um, you know how they and the the group that went there uh, at that during that time. They had a lot of problems. They they weren't exactly um, whitewater paddlers. They had fiberglass canoes that Ooh. oh yeah it got <laughs> mangled literally. They they literally almost ran out of 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 repair kits to to fix their boat and then they were re- re- um, they were using things like pine resin to to patch the boats. So they had a rough rough time and in fact they almost you know it, it, it was pretty risky. They almost could have died right right um, and anyhow so. Information was very vague as to, you know, it looks like there was a canyon here, this there, whatever, right? And so in order for the park to provide that kind of information to potential customers uh, or clients is that they have to provide uh, like true, verifiable um, information. Yes. And, and you can't just go by an old uh, trip report. And so this, this opportunity came about because they wanted a group to paddle down this river and document it. So they would be taking GPS coordinates. They would actually document the type of rapids and all that kind of stuff. And then, then that would all be incorporated in a trip planner that they can provide to to whomever is interested in wanting to uh, paddle the river. Plus, it was also being provided to a lot of the guiding companies in the area so right. that they could offer a package to customers that wanted to paddle
0: this river as well. Yeah. I mean, you want your your clientele to know what they're getting into. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you think, yeah, there's some rapids there and then right, it's right. not quite what you're thinking yeah
1: well we're we live in a very <laughs> litigious society right whereas so if you're providing information that is incorrect <laughs> like if you're saying well you know the rapid is you know approximately around this area and and you know it's you, know, you look at it wrong or, or it's not placed properly on the map and something happens well you know yeah. we know what happens right nowadays right so um they want to make sure that they get the information correctly they want to have it documented and then that way you know they can they can obviously provide that information when, when people do ask. Right. So they, they basically, they, they actually put it right out on social media. They, they, you know, put a kind of like a wanted ad. Right. And, um, and I actually didn't even see it. A, a, a friend of mine, um, who was also another, uh, paddler, but he doesn't paddle whitewater, saw the ad. And, and he, he actually forwarded it to me and says, David, I think this is runs right down your alley. Right? and of course when I read it I was just you know I was thinking this was made exactly for me <laughs> it was like tailored for me right and so I, I obviously got really really excited and and immediately I, I put to, together my my uh, accomplishments and 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 my you know it wasn't a resume but it, it was you know a list of things that you know my abilities and and whatever qualifications and and I provided it to them right and um, her name was Lynn Elliott. She was the
0: one that was coordinating this. Yeah, I, I met her at the uh, Toronto Outdoor Show. Yeah. Outdoor yeah. Adventure Show, yeah. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, and so she uh, so she said, great, thanks you for all the information. And, and, and uh, it was basically just a waiting game, right? It was, right. Yeah, you just had to kind of wait. And, and because this pretty much went out across Canada. I mean, you can only imagine how many qualified people yeah. with with the same ability that would want to take advantage of this, you know, amazing, like,
0: life lifetime opportunity. Right? Yeah, and it wasn't, wouldn't cost you anything, right? No,
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, actually, it did. So what they were going to do is they were going to provide all the costs. All you had to do was fly to Yellowknife. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. which was actually very reasonable because that was actually the cheapest flight. Right. Because there was another flight from Yellowknife to... Um, uh, what do you call uh Fort Simpson yeah, um, and then there was a there was a charter flight from there to uh, to the headwaters of the little Nahani, so those oh, are and those are uh, vast, yeah for, yeah, exactly yeah. when we've been looking
0: at uh, going to the Thompson River, those are the ones that right that get you yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> you better be saving for a while for those, yes. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so by, by any means, you know, by no means, sorry, um, I would definitely have paid for it, you know, if I got chosen. So I had no problems with that at all. So, you know, I think it was probably, a you know, maybe a month or so down, down the road. Um, I did get the news that unfortunately, um, I did not get the position. Right. Right. And, and you know what? As much as, you know, I would have loved to go, you know, I I also realized that realistically, there's probably more qualified people, you know, whether I would had a good chance. I had no clue because I don't know how many people are applying. Um, But Lynn Elliott was um, was really nice. She actually, you know. You know, because we had talked and exchanged emails and stuff, and she really loved what I've done with you know how I share my experiences, you know, through the through social media and and my pictures and all that stuff. That she was she was disappointed herself that I wasn't able to go, and she says, I found out later on that I was actually the leading candidate for quite a long time. And she, she was using me as a comparison to whomever else had applied. Right. right? But one person had come that surpassed me in, in, in their, um, what do you call Their connections to, uh, the media outlets. Right. Okay. And so he got chosen. Right. And, uh, so it it was, it was a disappointing uh, time, but it was, it made me felt good that, you know, I had placed so high but the irony of it was not more than probably, I would say probably a few weeks later, I got another email from Len Elliott, right? And this one literally almost floored me <laughs> because as I opened the email, um, she was offering me a chance to go on the trip. And I was like, what What happened? Yeah. yeah. What happened? Right. And so <laughs> what happened was, um, Neil Harding is a, a icon up in, in the, um, up in the Northwest Territories. He he's, has a company that guides uh, trips down the South Nahani Right. And uh, he was actually supposed to be a part of this trip. So they had various different um, people going on this trip to scout scout the potential of, of it being offered to other clients, right? And so, right. you know, there was supposed to be a, a, um, some guides from a rafting company, and Neil was supposed to be part of it as well, too. Well, he had a hard time getting guides for his company for that summer, and so he couldn't be part of that trip because he had to cover he the trip. Exactly, he had to guide, right? Right. And so, of course, a, a, a spot became available, and because now you know there was a lot less time, you know, before the trip had started, she offered it to me. And you were right. in like Flynn. Well, you know what? The, the irony of it is like we had already now planned a trip because I, you know, obviously I didn't win, right? right. So. I'm not going to waste my summer not doing anything, right? So I, we, I went ahead and and planned a trip um, um, for with uh, we actually we were supposed to go to Wabakimi for for like almost three weeks, and uh, so I couldn't say yes immediately, <laughs> right? I had to now seek approval <laughs> from my um, from my wife and and friends that were part of this trip, and you know what? They were thankfully they were quite understanding and very supportive, and they said you know what it would be. They, they said I wouldn't be stupid if I wouldn't accept this yeah. trip, right? I, I think a
0: lot of people that know you would. Right. I mean, even my, myself the same. And a lot of people, if that came up, I don't know, my wife would be going, really? Yeah. I mean, when I went to Woodland Caribou a couple of years back, yeah. I said, I got a chance to go for three weeks up north. It's a 24-hour drive. Yeah. We're in the middle of nowhere. They would fly us in and drop us off. Yeah. And, Yeah, that's sort of like a trip of a lifetime thing. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. All right. (laughs) That's awesome. We've got
1: amazing wives. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let them hear you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, once they gave me approval, I told Lynn and it was on. It was on.
0: So That's that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, it it was... uh, a stroke of amazing luck and, yeah, and, and sometimes
0: and things just work out that way it's meant to be it's meant to be right yeah so they say yeah. <laughs> so. yeah so
1: i was i was thrilled and i was set i got the plane ticket and next thing you know i was flying to the northwest territories now did you have to bring any
0: of your own gear or like just your personal gear like- yeah it
1: was pretty much more personal gear um you know things like your helmet and your pfd and, and your paddle and things like that um uh, paddle up was more optional if you wanted to but um everything else that they w- they would provide right so right. um yeah so really we didn't have too much to bring i mean for me um and the other fellow Dustin sylvie because we're we're photographers and because we were we're tasked with taking pictures on the trip um that was extra for us to bring right because we your were, camera gear exactly yeah. yeah we had to make sure we had that all covered but other than that, it, it it wasn't too bad. I mean, we didn't have to take too much up there because the biggest thing is food for yeah. for a trip that's a solid fourteen days on the river. It's you know food is tends to be like the food and fuel tends to be the big thing, right? And thankfully, we didn't have to worry about that.
0: Yeah, it was all taken care of. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the bonuses. Yeah, yeah, and that's always the big, the big thing. I mean, you pack your bag. Yeah. On, on a regular trip, and then you throw the food in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's gonna eat all yeah. of this? <laughs> like, you can't believe how much space that takes up.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: so now you got up there with all your gear, and yeah. you're all ready to, like, you just show up, and they say, "Let's go."
1: It was, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much like that. We we had to kind of coordinate with uh, meeting with the other other people of the t- other team members. Right. Um, we had to um, get our food together. So, Parks Canada had uh, contracted Blackfeather. To provide the food. Right. Right. And so, because they're a big uh, guiding company, I mean, they do this all the time, right? You should see the food. Well, you just mentioned talking oh, about seeing food. Oh, I've seen the pictures. Oh, yeah. Man, we were talking like eating like kings and queens, yeah. literally. Like, I've never eaten like this before. Uh, just because they were literally taking fresh stuff um they which you know which we're not accustomed to like when we go everything's into parks, dehydrated yeah we dehydrate we don't take yeah. cans we don't take bottles but yeah. they were they were taking the whole shebang right i mean it was it, it was a
0: shock right it was it was something that i'm totally not used to right yeah being being algonquin doing all that with bottle and can yeah. bands and stuff Going outside and seeing somebody whip out a can of something, you're like, "What are you doing with that?" Yeah, it just yeah, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's yeah. not
1: something that we do, right? So it was a very different type of trip, um, and and obviously, it got exposure exposed to something very different, a different style of tripping, I guess you can kind of say, right? Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. So once we got that all sorted out, we pretty much uh, I think in a couple of days we were we flew into the mountains and. Uh, uh, you know what we we did have a, a possibility of being turned back because of the there was some storm cloud big storm clouds right um, in fact actually one member of our team Vanessa um, was also um, is an employee of Parks Canada she was supposed to have flown back a few days early before our team met right she literally came the day before flew in the day before we flew out. Uh, Because they got stuck because of bad weather. So up in those northern climbs, I mean, they can have these big storm fronts that sit around for a long time. And, you know, how bad it was, they were actually subsisting on uh, granola bars from other climbers in the area because they had run out of uh, food. Wow. Yeah. So she had just come in time before we flew out. And even when we flew out, we were warned that there was a possibility if they couldn't get through the storm clouds that we would have to turn back. So
0: weight.
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, how many people were in the group total? There was only uh, six, six of us. Okay. Um, they did this other trip on the Broken Skull earlier um, in in the in the season. Broken uh, Skull. That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and same thing. They had like a group of six people, and and they did that. Um, and, and it was and it was amazing. River as well too. Now there was a big difference between the Broken Skull and the Little Nahanni. The no, Little Nohani was. Oh, you know, a step or two up in technical wise, in the difficulty, and the risk, and the challenges. Around. Now, is it
0: all white water the entire length?
1: You know what, I would say, um, I wouldn't say white water the whole length, but it certainly is moving water, pretty much. The whole time. Once you get off the 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 headwaters, and yeah. then when you get onto the river, it, it's con, it's a continuing flowing river. Like the water is moving constantly. There is no it's not like here in Ontario we have a lot of uh, pool and drop. So you may have a rapid, but then it, it, there's a calm spot, right? right? And but over there it's literally moving the whole time. But you know some places are are you know fraught with white water and, and big boulders and things like that. Whereas other areas it's just a big just flowing water where you could current Yeah, good current, along. exactly. Yeah. Right. So that's why you really kind of um they needed people with white water experience because it would be overwhelming for someone who, who would be new
0: to that. Yeah, so yeah. I won't be heading there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're there's two photographers. Right. And there's there's sixty just so The other
1: four... Yeah. So there was two people from Park Kenna, which was Lynn Elliott and Vanessa. Right. And then there was two um, Blackfeather guides. Um, uh, So Ken and... um, What's his other... uh, What's the other fellow's name? Pablo. Pablo and Ken. So, like I said, there was supposed to be some other members of some guiding companies. One was supposed to be from a uh, rafting company. They couldn't make it. So... Our, our team didn't fill out the way it was uh, originally supposed to. Like I said, Neil Harding did, wasn't able to make it, right. right? And so this is the team that we, we ended up with, right? And in the end, it still worked out well. Um, we didn't have any, um, you know, risky situations where we dumped or anything. In fact, we actually... We all... Uh, none of us dumped. We all ran it uh, well. and uh, But it was some hairy, hairy, big white water. It right. was... Um, normally... I don't paddle whitewater with a deck canoe, but by having a deck canoe, you can run even bigger water, right? And we're talking pretty much class four type water, right? Okay. Um, So we were able to go through some big stuff and and because part of the problem with these open canoes is that when you go through a big wave, you get so much water in the canoe that it bogs the canoe down and and then you lose control and you can dump. By having this spray skirt, it keeps the water out so that you can go. It's basically, you know what? Put it this way. It's like going in a whitewater kayak. Right. Right. The water can't get in. You can get through the, the waves and you keep
0: going. Right. Right. So. So now you were taking pictures of them going through right. spots as well as while you were on the water.
1: Right. Uh, so not on the water. So that okay. that was the real challenge because the water was moving so quick um, you just couldn't do it because you, you really needed each other to guide the canoe where you needed to go. Right. So the only way we could do it is that we would have to get out of the canoe. Um, so Ken was our lead um, guide. He was the one that was making the decisions on the rapids and stuff like that. So he would scout it out. He would determine whether it was feasible or not. And uh, then the Dustin and I would get ourselves into some good locations and then we would shoot. Right. And then that's how we, we
0: came out with some, some fabulous shots. Okay, so then you were out there for a couple of weeks, yep. and you did all your shoots. You did, you shot a lot of water. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you guys put together a nice trip liner. Trip liner for for anybody for, that wants to go do it. Yeah, exactly. Now, would you go back again?
1: So, so, I'll tell you. Now, the little Nahani um, was about probably about I think it was about eighty odd kilometers, right? So we did that section. And then the, the second half of the trip was actually on the South Nihani, right. South is you know, you know it for the big canyons, you know, it for Mason Falls or, yeah. or, you know, uh, so, um, it, it was a total different transition, right? You, you went from high adrenaline, high risk, hot, a big action, right? To, to the South Honey where you're literally like coasting. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and it was, it was enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, we were, we took off our spray, spray, uh, spray decks. We, we, um, you know, we didn't have to wear a dry suit. That was the other thing we had to do on the little nahani just because of the risk involved. Right. Right. Um, because the water there is, is cold. It's yeah. really, really cold. So, um, once we got in the South nahani, it's so wide. Whereas the little nahani is like narrow and twisty, right. Whereas the South nahani is like big and wide. With South Honey you got these beautiful mountain ranges um, and vistas, like, just phenomenal, right? Like the movie
0: that you see in the movies, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. you just – and the water is literally going, like, I think it's something like 10K an hour. So, honestly, we were doing our best not to even paddle because we were covering literally like 50 kilometers a day easy. And that's wow. – yeah, that's not even – trying to even paddle hard right? right so that's how how we had to just try to eat up some of the time so not to go fast whereas the, the little nahani we were moving you know a lot shorter distances but it's because of the technical nature of the river right right and and after a couple of days on the south nahani as much as i enjoyed it and, I, and not that you know i didn't enjoy it, it i really miss the intimate and the technical and the challenge of the little nahani
0: you know what because your brain's going
1: yeah but but that's actually you're working
0: yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i think but for me part of why i like certain types of canoe trips is because i'm fully immersed in it right right um i love the south nahani too like the scenery was phenomenal shooting pictures was awesome and the campsites were amazing right but you know what it's like you know, you're just sitting in a canoe and you're just floating down and seeing another mountain range, seeing another mountain range and seeing, you know, it's it's gorgeous. But I love the little honey because you're on your feet. You're wondering what's around the next bend. You're trying to make a maneuver on through the rapids and through boulders and things like that. It's that nature that really kind of just, I don't know, I, I just found it, it was just more visceral and, and just really just like when I come out of that trip, even though we did, you know, the little honey, the South honey. What, what, what I take, take away from that trip is the little Nahani. It wasn't right. the South Nahani, right? Um, it just, and that's why sometimes um, we all trip differently, right? Yeah. Some people like an easier type of trip where they can relax. Some people like the challenges of portages and stuff like that. Um, but for me, I can do both types of trips. But if you know the general way I trip, I tend to like challenges, and, and
0: water is definitely giving you that. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. water,
1: <laughs> exactly. water is that it could be the, the, the port touch. It could be a route that's, that's not, um, that's lost or hasn't been traveled in a long time. Just like the one we just recently did on the Bolin river. Um, you know, it's hard, but when I finish that trip, I, it, it's
0: literally seared into my memory. Yeah. Like I will never, ever forget it. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and, yeah, I mean, those are the things that that remain with you. Yeah,
1: and I, I just, for me personally, it's those those moments that I don't know. It works for me for on these canoe trips.
0: And it sounds like that trip was definitely, yeah, a
1: challenge. It was intense. It it definitely was intense. And you know, you got also think about it too. You know, my wife and I paddle together, obviously most of the time. And then I trip with a lot of other people, and I have other people on the canoe with me, but. And I think you know this very well, or actually any, any canoeist would know that. Once you've paddled with a partner and you get to know how each other paddles, it's you don't even have to think about it. You kind of know when one yeah. person's doing one thing or if they see an obstacle, how they would react. And it just becomes second nature, right? So think about it. Here we're doing this very technical river and you're being thrown in a canoe with somebody you've never paddled you've before. You've never been with before. Exactly. Wow. Right? So... You know, it would have been nice if we had kind of done the South No first to kind of, you know, get a nice, easy feel for each other and whatever. But no, we started on the little honey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was like do or die. You know, you were you were pretty much, and, and that's why they wanted people with experience. Because when you have experience, you know that you can adapt and you can, you can change things up to make things work. Right. And, and, and we did. We, like I said, n- there was many opportunities where we could have dumped. We, there, there was huge challenges, right? But we all came through unscathed. So it speaks about the experience and the ability of of the individual members and and working together as a team.
0: Well, from being disappointed you didn't get chosen (laughs) to not surprised you did get chosen. Yeah. It sounds like you had a great time. Yeah, definitely. It was like, I would definitely say like a trip of a lifetime for sure. Awesome. Let's take a quick break here. and We'll be back with a few more things to talk about before uh, we let you go. Great. Awesome. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. And we are back with David Lee, the passionate paddler. And uh, we're gonna talk, just because we've been talking about the little Nahani and, and, and how technical and, and the white water that was there. White water versus flat water. Which do you prefer?
1: That's a good question. Um, that's one that, you know, it's, it, I don't think it's a simple answer. Um, I think there's merits to both. And and that's why I do both, right? right. Um, I certainly enjoy the the adrenaline, the the high, you know, adrenaline action and, and the risk and all that part of the uh, challenge of the white water. Um, but at the same time, who doesn't like paddling on a you know still glassy lake, right? Like yeah. you know first thing in the morning when the mist is rising from the water or right? rain. I mean, I think. Canoeing. I mean, some people obviously have you know a fear of white water. Maybe they can't swim or whatever, and they prefer the flat water, which is fine. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with being a dedicated white uh, sorry flat water paddler. But I like a little. I you know just like the trips. I like variety. I like right. being able to do a little bit of everything. And so I've not stopped myself from from experiencing both sides of it, and I love
0: them both. Right. Now, and, if you're if you're doing a trip, right you have whitewater and flat water mixed. Right. You've got to still bring all your whitewater gear while you're flat water paddling.
1: Right. So yeah, so there's there's a little differences um, that yeah or, or, or like challenges you can say that when you're when you're doing both. If you're doing a dedicated white water uh, trip and it's big whitewater, then you need things like helmets and and you need thigh straps and whatnot to to, to properly be able to tackle the white water. But if you do a mixed trip And if it's, let's say, you know, smaller rapids, like a class one and class two, most times people won't have their helmets. They won't have thigh straps. They'll probably use something like a prospector canoe, right? Right. Because it's a versatile canoe. And if the rapids are too big, then you pretty much portage around or you're lying around it, right? So yeah, um, you can do a little bit of both, but you can't do an extreme. So it's just like, let's say if I was going to play soccer, yeah, I could play soccer with just running shoes, Right. But I wouldn't be playing in the league without cleats. Right. Exactly. Right. So uh, same idea. You you got the prospector. You can do a flat water. Not the greatest, but you can still do it. And it's the same thing. The prospector gives you enough m- maneuverability to still paddle white water, but you can't get into big stuff.
0: Right. Right. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty much a dedicated, uh, flat water guy myself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I enjoy, I, I mean, I enjoy going down a river and mm-hmm. letting the current take me and just hanging my feet over the sides, right. lay back, relax and yeah. let it take me. I, I enjoy, and it's funny cause I enjoy looking at waterfalls and rapids. Just, right. I I love the movement of the water. Right. I just don't like to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if that makes if that makes sense. But, and you know what, I mean. We we've been talking on this show, you know that we've been doing, and you know Derek and I will um, we'll talk about the the freestyle kayaking and stuff, right? And just watching that sort of stuff is like that's phenomenal watching yeah. it. Yeah, I can't picture myself doing it, but just watching these guys doing these flips and these, oh my god, yeah, I mean, that's that's just awesome to watch, right. right? You know, I mean maybe that's the photographer in me just seeing yeah. that, right? And you know sure. you, you want to watch it from from outside, but. uh um, just just watching these guys and, and picking their roots through through the white water yeah. is just, I, that's just something I've never been able to, to figure out, I guess. Yeah. I guess once I if I got into it, I would,
1: but. You know what, I, and even if, like, there's a lot of people who have gotten into it in terms of they've gone through some training and whatnot and they still don't like it. Right. So, you know what, um, some of the fear is regardless because, uh, sorry, some of the fear is because you don't know white water, you don't know how to read a river, you don't know what to do and that's, that's, perfectly fine fear right but some people just don't like the adrenaline they don't like the risk or or if they've dumped in a rapid and and sometimes they met you you, there's a good possibility you may get banged up right right and so they, they they develop a fear right so you know what it's not for everybody and you know what i would never push that on anyone like if if it's not for them then it's not for them let them portage Right? yep
0: oh and i enjoy portaging. exactly <laughs> yeah yeah
1: i mean you know i i, I don't mind portaging as well i enjoy portaging as well i love it as a, as a mix in, in, a, in a canoe trip but i also love whitewater so if i see a stretch that i can run you can certainly bet my tongue will be hanging it and i'll be wanting to run it
0: yeah i mean if you watch uh water walker with bill mason and, and right. whatnot they all discuss you know yeah he loves doing his 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 things in his going with his canoe cronies down the white water yeah. and, you know, hitting the rapids and, yeah. and all that stuff. And I mean, uh, what, I can't remember which movie it was that they, they did as a family. Um, his wife was talking about, you know, they started this little stuff. And then right. she says, was it, uh, this stuff is getting quite huge, yeah. you know? And yeah, the water, and you start starting to look at these rapids they are going down and it's just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching people go down. Right. The, the, the the rapids and and whatnot and it, it's just something I, I enjoy watching and I I think it would be a total different experience being in the water right than than watching it guaranteed yes yeah <laughs> <I> guaranteed yes <laughs> lots of screaming <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean I I look at your your photos and that that you, you have on Facebook and uh, and there's a lot of white water there and yeah. and it seems like you just I mean some of the pictures you show, uh, of the little Nahani. Right. Where's the half the canoe? Yeah. <laughs> it's under, it's underwater, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it seems like it's something that, that you, uh, you enjoy. So, well, you know what? It's been great having you here, David. And, uh, if anybody out there listening, check out the passionate paddler on Facebook and see a lot of his stuff, but there's a lot more I want to talk to you about. So I think maybe if you're available, you come back uh, next week and we talk some more. Sure, by all means. Excellent. Well, thank you for tonight, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for having me on the show. Awesome.